Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Thursday afternoon. That can only mean one thing here. It's time to go inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Now, I got to be transparent here right from the jump. I told a lie yesterday on the show. Yesterday on the show, I told you Arthur Motes was going to be out the rest of the week, that I would be riding solo. I told you not to worry. Motesy was fine. He just had some stuff that he had to attend to. Well, that part's true. Motesy is is fine, but I'm not solo the rest of the week because we've got our guy, shirtless Tom, Tom Ottferman, host of the Steelers Standard, host of the Asked and Answered podcast, uh, Countdown to Kickoff producer of the Mark Madden show. He wears so many hats. If you're an SNR regular, you know Thomas. What's up, dude? And thanks for being here. I'm like the guy in the bullpen, man. Always keeping the arm loose. I'm always ready to come in and eat any eatings on any show that we have here on our well, lovely Steelers than, family of shows. You do a lot more than eat innings now. Come on. You're right. You know, I'm like Goose Gossage. I come in there. I'm throwing heat down the middle. I'm getting the final outs for sure. But yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to jump on in the electric factory. Come on. You make it fun. This isn't even work for me, man. This is just like hanging out. Just me and you chilling for yeah, two hours. Exactly. Here, right? We will uh, have an interactive show today, as we always do. You guys know questions, comments, concerns, reactions. Two ways to get involved on Twitter at Wesley Euler, of course, is where you can get me. Get after Tom, follow him, show him some love, tweet him as well, too, at Madden Producer. And uh, maybe we'll open up the phone lines a little bit later. Oh. If we do so, I'll give the phone number. At that time, we also, Brian Backo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's joining us today. In the second hour of the show today. We will catch up with the Batman himself. He normally comes on the show on Fridays, right? Um, but he has a family member who's getting married tomorrow doing the Friday wedding thing. So he's selfish. S- Absolutely. I mean, I said, like, what, you couldn't you, you couldn't call me for 15, 15 minutes while you're waiting for the I also wedding said, to start? I also said, what, is the wedding at 1 o'clock on Friday? And he was like, we've got rehearsal and, and, and dinner and Whatever, all that stuff. Whatever, I was going to say selfish to have a wedding on a Friday, but during football season, I'll allow it. A Friday wedding during the fall, certainly, certainly, <laughs> certainly allowed in my book. Um, so Bacco will join us in the second hour of the show, like I said, normally on Fridays, uh, but he asked if he could uh, bump up a day due to uh, some family stuff he's got going on. So we will have fun for you today on the show. You know where to get at us if you want to get involved. Tom, real obvious one here, I think, from the jump, but uh, what to do with Kenny Pickett? On Sunday, give me your give me your pulse on this. I talked a little bit about this yesterday. I I can see both sides of it. 
I can see the side of just, hey, yeah, we kind of dodged a bullet last week. We all thought that that was going to be a much worse injury. Let's be cautious and not rush him back out there and make sure he's really recovered and, and healthy and all those things. I can also see the other side of it that's like, hey, if he's ready to go, you want him to go. He wants to go. He's your franchise quarterback, all these different things. So there's the whole conversation of a mental reset ahead of the bye week for him as well, too. We'll get into all of that, but let's start with what you would do with Kenny Pickett on Sunday. This is what I would do, right? So it's not what's going to happen. It's not what they're going to do. Correct. I think he's going to play. I think reading the tea leaves. I, I think so, too. Wednesday you listened went to off, him yesterday. Yeah, Wednesday went off okay. He didn't get more injured. Uh, he'll practice today, Friday, and I think he'll be cleared to play. I would have sat him, and not to say that teams use injuries as an excuse sometimes, but this was a perfect chance to use an injury as an excuse. Not to say that he's not hurting, but he needs a reset. He needs to just, I think, take a step back, (sighs) nice deep breath, and kind of attack this season all over again and pretend like it just started anew because his mental space is what's really concerning me right now. He just seems, even after that Vegas game where he showed some signs of life, it's right back to Houston, bailing out of the pocket early, seeming like the game is moving a little too fast than he can process it. So I think this was a perfect opportunity to just say, you know what, even if you could play, if this was a playoff game and you were playing lights out, yeah, we'd throw you out there, but you're not. This isn't a playoff game. We have a bye week coming up. We're going to take things a little bit easy with our franchise here. You sit out this game, your knee will for sure be 100% by the time we go to L.A. to play the Rams at that point. And also, you know, just like an MLB baseball player who's a stud, struggling, needs to sit down for a couple of days. Pirates used to do it with Kutch all the time. Yeah, 0 for whatever, 0 for 10, 0 for 15. Yeah, take a seat on the bench for a game. Just watch. Just, you know, relax. Get out of your own head. I think that could have done a lot for Kenny Pickett, but that's not what's going to happen. He's going to play. I'm with you on that. I think he's going to play. I think he wants to play, at least if you believe everything. He wants to play, yeah. yeah. If you believe it, I mean, those guys are all prideful. They all want to play, and particularly as a quarterback, right? You you don't want to secede your, your seat Let there. me throw one thing out at you, though. Is there a little paranoia maybe in the back of the heads down there in the old Southside facility? What if Mitch plays and he plays better? Now, that certainly— um, like What if the offense all of a sudden looks competent? Because 10's out there. Now, now that's tinfoil hat of me. Like, I don't it, think they're maybe, thinking maybe on those kind bit, of levels. I, but it's a possibility. It's certainly a possibility that it's in the lexicon of the competitive nature of the whole thing. Because, I mean, you're always you're always thinking about that. What if, you know, what if I miss this opportunity, somebody else takes advantage, and then all of a sudden my spot is maybe not as secure as I thought it was. Because Kenny I sees think, Mitch in practice every week. Absolutely. Like he, I'm sure he's... I'm, absolutely. As we all theorize that the talent drop-off at this point isn't much, I'm sure Kenny sees every day when second team goes out there, he's like, well, Mitch makes all the throws that I pretty much make. Sure. And I still think, okay, if we're going to go down this hypothetical, Kenny ends up not playing. Mitch starts and he plays well. Throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers win 27-17. to 17. Right. I still think they go back to Kenny after the bye week. I think you have to. Yeah. He's yeah. your franchise. I think of a lot of it of what the Colts did a couple weeks ago. Gardner Minshew comes in and plays against the Ravens. Actually, same opponent as the Steelers are facing this week. Beats the Ravens. Plays really well doing it. Right back to Anthony Richardson mm-hmm. this week against the Rams. And Richardson played well but got the loss. But it's about the future for that team. And, and I know the Steelers are a little further 100%. ahead than the Colts where they can be playing for the here and now while also keeping an eye for the future. But, yeah, you got to go back to your – if he's your guy, your franchise quarterback, you, you got to go back to him right away. 
you used a Pirates and an Andrew McCutcheon reference there just a minute ago. You ready for this Penguins and Matt Murray reference? Hit me. Now, this is a little different because Marc-Andre Fleury was a very Hall accomplished guy. Yeah. Uh, yes. But in 16 and 17, that's exactly what Mike Sullivan and the Penguins did. They went to Flurry at times when they needed him, whether it was due to injury or just Matt Murray performance. But it was always Matt Murray's cage. They always went back to him right. inevitably. And I think it would be that same way with Kenny Pickett. Yeah, 100%. I just If you play that musical chairs right now, then you're admitting, maybe not fully yet, but you're starting to admit that he's not who you should have taken in the first round. And it's not somebody that you build franchises around. People, people who you expect to build a franchise around doesn't get you know yanked in and out and in and out and they'll have to answer press conference questions every week of who's going to be the starting quarterback this coming week. Like right. you know, you're the guy. You're talking to the press on Wednesdays after practice. That's why it's we a, said ben, that's why we said Ben's Day Wednesday exactly. for so, for decades. Right, and they're not ready to do that yet with Kenny, and will not be ready to do that this year. Probably not next year either. I mean, that's the other thing that I think people need to realize here. Um, People are very on the Steelers for their stuck-in-their-ways nature, especially of lately. Oh, buddy, I got a lot of phone calls about that yesterday. But that's going to happen with Kenny. Like they're going, He will be their quarterback for this year, next year, and maybe the year out. He will play out that rookie contract as the starter. I, I don't see, uh, and I've heard calls like this on the Mark Madden show, the, the fantastical loaded quarterback class. If he thinks this year, package some things and trade up, get Caleb, get Drake, you know, Get uh, Penix from Penix Washington. from Washington, yep. That's not how the Steelers are going to think about That's this. That's not they, how they Kenny operate. will be their guy until that first contract runs up. Mm-hmm. They probably will not pick up the fifth-year option if things aren't looking, or if they continue to look the way they are. Next year will be the make-or-break year and, for Kenny And Pickett. then they'll decide in 2025 yeah. if it's time to pull the plug on him. So, and, like, don't think that, like, this is like, oh, well, you know, they could just go to Mitch here and, and try to— No, they still have long-term plans for Kenny. Yes, correct. And I think even—I mean— who who's to say? Let's say after the bye week, right? Kenny comes back, and much like last year, it starts to look much better. I mean, they could make that decision in the next twelve, thirteen games. Still, that he's their guy long term. But if not, it'll be that make or break season next year. I'm with you in that one hundred percent. You don't invest a first round pick in a quarterback and pull the plug on him. After a year. To, now, granted, we have seen organizations in the NFL do that, but they're the ones that are perpetually at the bottom the of their Jets. division. Uh, the first thing that comes the Cardinals. to mind is, yeah, Zach Wilson. Back-to-back back, back to back first-round quarterbacks. Zach Wilson this year when you go out and you get Aaron Rodgers. But when you decided to pull the plug on Zach Wilson, you were just flipping him in and out with Mike White. Joe Flacco was showing up every once in a while. Like At that point, it signaled to me that the Jets organization does not think Zach Wilson's their guy or won't be for at least another four years of bench development. And I think right now that is not even something that the Steelers are entertaining. So I'm with you on that one. And I'm with you to get back to where we started to bring this full circle here, that Kenny Pickett is going to play on Sunday. I wonder what it looks like from his standpoint. Because yeah, like he's, he has to play well, but like he's got an injured knee. And he's, and he's, wearing, the the, he's, wearing, the knee, he's wearing the knee brace yesterday at practice for everybody who hasn't seen right. uh, the videos yet at this point. If maybe you missed it yesterday or you're just someone who's not on, on social media, you know, as much as maybe a couple strapping young lads like Tom and I are. <laughs> um, Kenny was at practice. He was participating yesterday, but he was wearing a, like right. a, a, a noticeable, considerable knee brace, not just like a light sleeve or anything like that, like one of those – I, there's a name for them, I forget, but they're the ones that you see offensive linemen wear uh, a lot of times in the NFL. Um, okay, so let me ask you this then. If Kenny doesn't play on Sunday, what's the reaction? 
If he doesn't? If he doesn't. Because after what he's... And here's where I'm going with this. Maybe I'm trying to set you up a little bit. After everything that he's... The good news that came early in the, early in the week, and then everything that he said... I mean, he said two or three times yesterday, I'll be ready to go on Sunday when, when he spoke to the media for a couple minutes. Is the is the reaction going to be if he doesn't go on Sunday then, oh, well, the Steelers must be worried about him. They want him to sit down. They want him to mentally reset. He said he was good to go. I think that will be the reaction for sure, and I also think it would be, as I laid out in the opening of the segment, that's what the way I would go. Is That's the way I would operate if I were the Steelers. Just hit that reset button and have two and a half weeks off. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't give a rip about the reaction of the fan base. Well, I think the reaction of the fan base would honestly be eagerness just to see... Well, let's put it this way. There is a blind following in the fan base that I somewhat overlap with with my pit brethren. <laughs> you are wearing the, the ACC champion t-shirt. have to wear something of pride. You wore I that mean, in here because we were doing the show. I had to wear something of pride. You were in your mind probably like, Wes is going to wear a WVU and shirt. And I was hanging so out with Coach Tom Bradley So I'm going to wear my so ACC champion Stater, t-shirt. I give it to a WVU I'm in here guy. wearing a John Mayer t-shirt. Tom, the, Tom shows up ACC both champion. Both of your teams are just taking sledgehammers to my face every week. So I, you know, I got to get the, the jabs in when I can. But, you know, there's that ridiculous Pitt fan base that I like to say I'm not a part of that will just blindly follow Kenny Pickett, and he can do no wrong. But the real Steelers fan base, and, you know, they pull from Penn State and West Virginia and all over the damn country. People who don't care about college football. Yeah, I think there's a sense of eagerness where we can now know, is it Canada? Is it Kenny? What's holding this offense back? Because now you change the variable to Mitch. Now, don't get me wrong. We've seen that variable already. But this was supposed to be Canada's third year. Offense opens up completely now. You know, the barn doors are open. Let this thing run free. Now we put Mitch Trubisky in that driver's seat. Does it start to, you know, look a little bit more like a Ferrari, a little bit more like a Maserati instead of, you know, a BMW 3 class? I mean, I'm I'm just saying, I think that's where some fan people in the fan base, that's what their reaction will be is a sense of eagerness to, oh, let's see how this looks. But I will go on the other end and say it will look bad and you will that eagerness will quickly change to we have no offense in general no matter who the quarterback is because let's be we've seen three quarterbacks one's going to the hall of fame one was a first round pick second overall and then one was another first round pick not look good in this offense at all it's a lot of questions and i you know what i that's a good angle by you because i think that there is a large faction of people who would want to just have that sample size grown in terms of the body of work with this offense with different quarterbacks in the backfield because right now that is the number one. There's people right now who are more concerned about that than Kenny Pickett's development. 100%. Yeah. They would they they would want to be able to prove themselves correct on how they feel about Matt Canada um, more than they would want to see, you know, their potential franchise quarterback succeed and, and, and get moving in the right direction. Well, so I mean, you let you love the players more than the coaches. I mean, that's just natural. But I, I will say this. it's I don't think it's the case. I think Canada's not a good offensive coordinator. I, I think that he doesn't put these players in positions to succeed. Like we saw the Texans' offensive coordinator do last week against the Steelers. Their game plan was Steelers-specific, and they dominated. You never see that with Canada, so I, I don't think he's good enough at his job. But there is a legitimate question to be asked where everybody says, oh, Canada's holding Kenny back, Canada's holding Kenny back, Canada's holding Kenny back. What about the other way? What if Kenny's holding Canada's offense back? And again, I don't think that is the case, but but that should be a question being asked. I get what you're saying. Man, Tom, you are fair and balanced. Covering all the angles. It's our guy shirtless Tom. Fair and balanced, I just think 
they all stink. Like that's <laughs> I just think they're all bad at their job to be honest with you. Well, we we've gotten a lot of tweets uh along those lines. I will say, I do think like the the listeners that we have here I think we're fortunate in the regard of, and I don't know if you and Jacob know, notice this on the standard too, but I think they know they don't come to this well for hot take content, if that makes sense. We don't scream the outlandish things just looking for attention. Um, like, like you know, maybe some stations across the street and things <laughs> like that. I think that the most and yesterday I had a big reaction show Tom I was by myself we talked about Tomlin we talked a little bit about phone about, lines about Kenny. Up. oh, oh uh, phone yeah. lines were lit up the whole time I got a couple dozen tweets it was great it was one of the most fun I've ever had doing a show people were really into it I really appreciate it the dirty it. secret is in our industry when they lose like they did it's the week after is spicy, baby. Because every, all, everybody wants everybody by. wants yep. in on the those fix. Fo- bing, everybody bing, bing. wants phone in. Lines are everybody up. wants in on the fix. And again, there were some people that were just blaming Mike Tomlin, right. and some people that were just blaming Matt Canada, yeah, and some people that were just blaming fault. Kenny. Yeah. And, that, and you're always going to have that. And and listen, fan is short for fanatic. I don't I don't fault people. It's part of the whole ecosystem that makes this fun. But the majority of people yesterday, I think about eighty percent of the people were saying the same thing. Like, this is on everybody to get this moving in the right direction, and it's not any one person. It's not any one coach. Everybody has their role in it. Arthur Motes has been saying it's a pie, right? Yeah, and, like, all these people that come into you yesterday saying it's this guy, it's that guy, you just take up piece of paper and a pen and you just write down draw, each of their suggestions draw. and then at the end you have your ingredients for the pie. Draw you say, a circle. Because like they're all there. Like they're all right when they say it's this guy's fault, it's that guy's and fault. I think but they it's would the tell stopping you. at that person is where they're wrong. Correct. And I think if we were down in the you know the the, the halls of the South Side at the, at the Rooney Sports Complex and we give everybody truth serum, I think they would tell us the same thing. Yeah, it's all of our problems right now. And you know what though? The other side of that is... You go on Sunday and you start getting those things moving in the right direction. You get a win against the Ravens. Not only does that always feel great to beat that team, but you'd be first place in the division going into your bye week after the two losses that you've had to navigate that have been uh, really tough. So here's what we'll do today. We're going to take our first break. Um, Let's do reaction hour this hour because in the second hour of the show, I do want to get to some more global NFL stuff with Tom. But let's do – I mean, I'm sitting in the – studio here with a guy who's a pit season ticket holder who has on his 2021 ACC champions hailed a pit here. All have right, so, a picket jersey in my so closet. So let's stick with this Kenny conversation. What would you do with him on Sunday? What do you think they're going to do with him on Sunday? How would you read and react into all of that? Whatever decision happens either way. You know where to get at us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at Madden Producer. I'll also uh, get some of you up on hold here during the break if you want to call in 412 412- 919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our guy Tom Opperman, shirtless Tom, host of the Steelers Standard and a litany of other programs here on SNR and really just nationwide. You know, if uh, Pitbull is Mr. Worldwide, are you Mr. Right, Mr. Na- 305. Mr. Nationwide here? Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> coast to coast. 
discussing a little Kenny Pickett with the uh, the pit season ticket holder. You know, it's it's funny. We all have tendencies as as hosts and producers and everything in this business, right? Much like um, offensive linemen have tendencies, quarterbacks, wide receivers, defensive backs. We had the conversation with Patrick Peterson and Tells, right, yep. leading leading up to to Week One against against the Niners. Um, one of my tendencies as a radio host is. Like, if I do a show with Wolf or Max, I always revert to the offensive line in the trenches. When I, every time I, it feels like every time you fill in with Moats, for Moats, which you're, I'm the pit expert. which you're kind enough to do a I'm couple times a season, yeah. I always want to go pick it. Yeah, you know, you watched them all throughout college. You know, I always want to go pick it, pick it, pick it with you. So I do apologize if you feel like you're in the department of redundancy department here every time you come on the show. No, I talk pick it all day long. But the one person that also knows a thing or two about pit football and pick it was our guest in the next hour, Mr. Brian Batko. Sure does. Covered Pickett on the beat. And sure did. We had him on the Mark Madden show earlier this week, and he kind of jogged my memory of something that's so true. The one thing that you ha- have seen out of Pickett now that you did see in his early days at Pitt, he bails out of the pocket early, and he's doing that, you know, turn your back to the defense, spin out of the pocket early. He he had that problems at Pitt as well during his developmental season. So if he's kind of reverting back to that, that kind of goes along the lines of what a lot of people have been saying uh, at least I've heard nationally some people put forward the theory that he's regressing and he's going backwards instead of taking that necessary leap forward that everybody hoped they'd everybody wanted him to take that burrow leap that you know sure. that next season leap the Allen leap and instead it looks like you're going in the wrong direction and that's when you start to worry about oh maybe he's not Allen maybe he's not burrow maybe he's Wilson maybe he's Danny dimes you know what I mean whoa now that's $40 million, man. That's, that's unfair man. to that's Danny Dimes, too. I mean, he was Dimes sacked 10 times buddy. on Monday Night Football, so maybe I'll uh, give him a little bit good. of a pass. His coach didn't do him any favors throwing that Microsoft Surface tablet around and, and making it seem like there's some real friction there. But uh, So, yeah, let's get into it. We did have so, we did have Nathaniel in Los Angeles on hold. I'm not sure dropped or didn't think we were going to go to him or whatever. But Nathaniel, call back. we got some tweets we'll get to here in a second. But first, I want to ask Tom this before we go to some reaction. As the uh, you know the pit guy here, the season ticket holder, all these things that I, again I always fall back on when we have you on the show. Was there a time in at Kenny Pickett's? Uh, was there a time in Kenny Pickett's time at Pitt? Geez, I just did the Department of Redundancy Department thing, where maybe he had you know one of the showisms here that that Moats and I always use is progression is not linear. I think I've had this conversation with you before too. It's not always just a straight upward arrow. Oh, it is yeah. for some people, oh, yeah. but not all. Sometimes you take three steps forward, then two oh, steps back, then five for steps him. forward, then three. So I mean, the d- kid upset number two in the country in his first game of the season. So that's where and he I did was, it a lot with his legs. Don't get me wrong, but but still, but yeah, as he a had freshman, those moments for sure. I mean, that I think that's why you saw Pitt stick with him for five years and give him, you know, every single season after that Miami game the starting job because. Not just because he didn't put it all together until that senior super senior season, you saw the flashes of it and you saw the progression being made. So yeah, it was definitely a process of okay, Pickett looks like he's doing pretty good. They've stacked a couple wins together. Oh, that looks like the complete opposite of the quarterback we've seen before. And 
you had that until the senior year where it kind of just all came together and there was very few bad and it was all overwhelmingly yeah. positive. So, of course, there was stuff like that, non-linear you know, linear progression or whatever you guys say, where it wasn't just, okay, this game he was good, he was better this next game, even better that game. No, it was up and down for Like it's sure. like a Madden franchise career, right? right? Where exactly. every game your player is getting a couple overall, Then you're an 89, <laughs> now you're a 91, now you're a 93. No, he was up and down for sure throughout his pick career. But you saw so many positive flashes. I think, again, dating back to the fact that you threw this freshman in there and he beat the number two team in the country, kept him out of a chance to play for the college football play for playoff. playoff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it, it was it was up and down. It wasn't just a, you know, a rocket ship going straight to the moon. He was injured for a little bit during his college career as well. Um, so, you know, I get kind of what you're saying there when it comes to, well, it's, he's not going to just get better and better and better every week, but... I don't know, when it comes to the professional level, I agree you can have a three steps forward, maybe one step back kind of game, even a year like that. But I think you need to still see the steps forward more consistently than you have out of Kenny so far. He's he's done for two touchdown passes in a game once. Did it against Vegas uh, just a couple weeks ago. I think that's a fair assessment by you. I think that's well said by you. We've we've needed to see more of the... um, in stadium leaps forward this season right. to this point, I think. You saw little flashes of it last year in at times where it wasn't necessarily a statistical, you know, bathe yourself in glory type performance, but where Kenny would just find a way and make the play for this. I, I think of the Baltimore game. Speaking of which, we got the Ravens coming up this weekend, right? The Baltimore game last year for Kenny, which would have been, what, week 17? The the next to last, the penultimate week of the season there before they came back home and played the Browns to to close out the year. I mean, the Steelers, often, neither offense, Baltimore as well too, but they just had nothing going that entire game. Steelers get pinned back at the end of the game. They have to score a touchdown to win, right? They're trailing 13-9, to Tom's favorite score. Yeah, I did it to myself. Uh, Self-deprecation. And and, and 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 Kenny, I mean, he makes plays to convert third downs in the cold, in the bad weather, and nothing's going your way. Long drive, end zone, throws that great rolling away from his body, dime to Najee Harris to win the game. You know, Bailed out of the pocket there, though, by the he way. He did bail out of the pocket there. You're right. Oh, no. But... Where was that against Houston, right? Because that was where of those where have those flashes been this season other than the the Raiders game. We really. wanted to see him, you know, put it all together, have three hundred yards, two touchdowns, three touchdowns. But we knew what he could do from last year in Houston game before it got out of hand was setting up to be that. You talk about you know using his legs to get a big first down. That fourth and one play is obviously drawing a lot of ire from everybody in Steelers Nation. A lot of finger pointing going on, no doubt. But you cannot ignore the fact that. If you watch the All-22, and Matt Williamson concurred this last night on Countdown to Kickoff with me, if Kenny doesn't panic and just sits in the pocket, a very nice lane opens up to his left where if he just takes a couple steps forward, it's an easy first down, and he probably gets five or six yards on top of the one that he needed. So kind of back to our first segment, it's not just, you know, it's Canada. It's Tomlin. Like, even on that fourth and one, I think Canada, Tomlin, and Kenny all and deserve the offensive And line. the offensive line. The, the pocket was the pocket was there to st- – and you know what? Maybe not specifically on the fourth and one, but throughout the, the course of these first good. four yes. games. Yeah. But, you know, on that play, you see a Texans defender come across. Mason Cole does a very nice job of pushing him away, and the lane opens up, but Kenny can't see it because his back's turned and he's already spun out of the pocket. 
it's something he's gotten away with a lot of times because of his athleticism, but I think it's starting to catch up with him a little bit because teams know that now. And, uh, I mean, that's just life in the National Football right, League. Right, so it's up to him. He, it's up to him. you got to run up of, the middle. I mean, that's they're going to force you to feel comfortable and do your little spin out to the outside. You have to be able to, you know, you've seen Joe Burrow, people that aren't running quarterbacks are just, thank you, I'm going to take five yards and slide here. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be, that's part of pocket awareness. It's not just manipulating the pocket and staying behind the line of scrimmage. It's manipulating the pocket and finding a nice bailout if you have to for a couple yards. Motes has told me before that in the National Football League, it's like every year you have to limit a new mistake, if that makes sense. Because, hmm. and he used to talk about this with pass rushers. Like, say, okay, say, um, you know, say your dip and rip is your go-to move your your rookie season. Okay, that's great. And your, you know, your bull rush is your weakness. All of a sudden, people are going to figure out, okay, we got to make this guy bull rush, right? I mean, we, we've got to make him. So you got to find a new mistake the next year. you got to improve that and, and, and work on something else, which will lead to something different. You know, your game's kind of always evolving. And every year, what you maybe isn't your bread and butter needs to change in some ways or else the tape is out on you that that's your weakness and, and you'll get exploited and you'll get attacked. Makes and, sense. And, and they you, ca- yeah. And you'll, They'll catch I didn't, up. I didn't word that nearly as eloquently as Arthur Motes would no, have, no, no, but, no, you, I but get you get what I'm I saying. I get it. The other teams are going to catch up. And, and, and if you don't adjust to the that adjustments, feels like, you're done. It feels like one of the things for Kenny now is that teams know we can get him to to bail you know, a second or two earlier than he and should And it's have. all about adjusting to those adjustments. Yeah. And the ball's in his court right now to do that. Haven't seen it through the first couple of games, but you know, I, it's been such a popular take nationally and locally. I can't believe we trusted the preseason. How many people have you heard? <laughs> I'm never trusting the preseason. Like even Greeny's tweeting, "I'm never trusting the preseason again." And if you ask me why, he's, he's two words: Kenny Pickett. Oh, was he? Is yeah, that he, he tweeted saying? that. So I mean, I, I for real don't really, you know. Well, I I was a victim of it too. I bought into the preseason and I'm with that too I, I don't really think I'm ever going to buy into the preseason quite like I did in this past offseason and I think the biggest difference beyond just they were playing a couple of JV squads sometimes is those defensive coordinators that's a vanilla game plan in those three preseason games that's just oh, they just want to see their Jimmy's versus your Joe's 100% yeah. and, and let's use the Bills game for an example they were Base defense, very basic coverage schemes, no, you know, tricky blitzes, no moving chess pieces around the board. Just walk through the basics. Just get your feet wet a little bit. Now you go to the Niners game in week one, and it's just pouring. Like, and it's not only it's there's a, 24 a, hours in a day, but these coaches are somehow spending 27 hours a day, and it's a figuring defense, out it's, how to beat you specifically. It's an organization and a defense with continuity, who a lot of similar faces, who who know what they're right. doing. Right, and so and well, I even, realize they lost their head guy from last year, but the, but the personnel hasn't changed much. The philosophy hasn't changed at all. Right, and that's what I think is just the biggest difference that Kenny was facing in the preseason to now, and it goes along with your point that they they know his tendencies. They know. Let's get him to bail out of the pocket early because he's going to, you know. Even if the pressure doesn't get home, you know, just push back a little bit, make him feel like the pressure is going to get home, and he's going to panic. He's shown that he has done that uh, so far in his career. And, you know, you, Monday, Tuesday, these coaches just pour over film, figure out a game plan. Wednesday comes along. It's it's all about Kenny Pickett from Wednesday to Friday as they figure out, you know, what's the best way to attack this team. And 
You didn't get that in the preseason. It wasn't uh, the Bills going, all right, how do we stop Kenny Pickett? It was all focusing on themselves and who's going to make this damn team and who's a fringe starter that might be an 11-man, top 11 guy Let's put somebody out there man-to-man and see what he can do. Let's see if he can hang. And then it turns to, all right, we know our guys now. Let's let's, Let's deploy them in a way that is best suited for number eight specifically this week. And and he's struggling against game plan specific things that defenses are throwing at him. And a pretty good uh, defense coming at him this Sunday, one o'clock on the North shore in the right? form of the Baltimore Ravens or so I've been told. Not bad. Rob in Cleveland is on the phone lines. Let's take a call here before we go to break. Rob, what's up, man? Not a dude. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. So, uh, it's very, very refreshing to hear you both discuss the fact that, that you feel Matt Canada is more largely held responsible than Kenny Pickett. And, and that's something that, unfortunately, um, in, in the Pittsburgh-specific media, seems to not gain all that much traction. And, and again, I've commented on this on, on other shows it doesn't feel like sometimes Mike Tomlin's being hammered enough with these questions on Matt Canada. So putting all of that aside, I'm, I'm just, I love that you're, you're mentioning that. I kind of had an aha moment listening to you as well about three different quarterbacks now have got to go through this system and all three of which have, have not showed great numbers and or winning percentages. So that's, that's concerning in, in that regard. But as far as Kenny Pickett playing this weekend versus Mitch Trubisky, I mean, hands down, in, in my opinion, it's, it's Kenny Pickett. If Kenny Pickett is good to go, meaning he's practice and Mike Tomlin's language, that will allow us to dictate if he plays or not, will be his work and preparation and practice. <laughs> if he's done all of those things, we're, we're absolutely uh, have a higher likelihood of winning with, with Kenny Pickett in the system as we do with Mitch Trubisky. I think it's an easy answer to say, absolutely, let's see Mitch. Maybe Mitch could provide a spark. I got to witness firsthand at the game last year when Kenny Pickett got knocked out, and he wasn't having a great game before that, and Mitch Trubisky came in. And I hate to put it like this, but Mitch single-handedly lost that game against the Ravens. Three interceptions, yeah. two terrible interceptions that were double-covered, both of which he was trying to go to Pat Fryermuth. It was very clear they were double-covered. So our, our best chance to win is with Kenny Pickett, hands down and more what I want uh, about this call to be about is that you guys are putting some criticism where criticism needs to be. And I don't know that in, in Pittsburgh, particularly with the media, that there's enough buzz about that nationally, any show you guys listen to, whether it's um, that there are just several, whether it's Stephen A. Smith or uh, our boy, <laughs> the pride of plump, they are on Canada every single week. And yeah. it just doesn't feel that way. It's, the only, the so Canada- it's refreshing to hear it. Canada gets I'll a ton of the blame. Nationally. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, sure. Rob, thanks for thanks for the call and thanks for the kind words. Yeah, Appreciate he, it. He ta- I don't think Rob was listening to us either. He just I was trying to talk there too. He was he just kept steamrolling over right. me. It's like get out of here, Rob. <laughs> no, Rob, don't go. No, but a lot of good points in that call. And I mean, that's what we're saying, man. Like Moats put it, it's a pie. There's a lot of blame to go around here. You got to be critical of everybody. It's it's very ignorant in the ultimate team sport of football to come away from a loss against Houston and just be like, well, if they had a different offensive coordinator, the score's flipped. It's 30-6. to six. It's all Matt Canada's fault. Or, well, Tomlin hired Canada. Tomlin hires all these assistants. It's all Tomlin's fault. You're ignoring the players. Your defense You're is the ignoring... highest paid in the NFL, and they couldn't stop a nosebleed on Sunday. 
everybody gets blame and everybody deserves critique when the Steelers are in the state that they're in right now. But the surprising thing is, Wes, is like we're talking like it's an 0-4 football team. That that's what I keep and coming back to. Two and as well. two with a and chance at first. I said this yesterday. I think it was like I think I think CR called in yesterday. I think it was. He was one of our people, of course. And he said, and he made a good point, that part of it is just because of how lopsided the two losses have been. And I think that was if 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 the Steelers would have lost to the Niners by a touchdown and then to the Texans by three or four points, I don't know if we would be as nuclear as we are right now. Yeah, but there We'd is... still be clear in Steeler Nation. That Cleveland but... game is covered in the deodorant of T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, though, because well, they did not play well at all against that Cleveland defense, and except for that, save from the George Pickens play. Yep. But they come away with the win because they use the formula that is the only tried and true, proven formula right now on these Pittsburgh Steelers is Watt and Highsmith wreck a game and you win every time. That's what. That's how you know for sure. That that's one way you can win. 60% of the time, it works every but time. But other than that, dude, like there's no way that you say they can go in and score, outscore this team, or they can, you know, play a defensive game without splash, but limit them to right. only three or 10 right. points. It's all about splash, sacks, and Splashing. a defensive touchdown, honestly. Some nice special teams uh, field flipping right, returns true. have helped as well, too. Uh, before we go to break, real quick, and we will get to more of your reaction to close down this first hour, some in the second hour as well, too. Josh tweets us and says, you guys know that scene in uh, Couples Retreat where Vince Vaughn <laughs> says, let's not point fingers. You're the problem. I think that applies to pretty much everyone on the team currently except for maybe TJ. <laughs> Couples Retreat, great movie. It's Very great underrated. Movie. My great wife movie. and I's first date. No way. Couples retreat in theaters. How about that? How about that? How about that? Morgan and I's first date was to see the Pittsburgh Symphony. <laughs> oh, how'd you get tickets? I don't know. I might have a connection. <laughs> yeah. You want to go play some Guitar Hero during break? <laughs> Couples retreat style? Great movie. Tom, you're a real problem. Tom, let's not point any fingers. Tom, you're a problem. He's in for moats. We'll get to more of your reaction on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment here, the first hour of the Steelers Blitz on a Thursday. Tom's in here, Eric Guitarin, rocking and rolling. He looks like Vince Vaughn in Couples Retreat. That's just gonna. That's just gonna have to uh, to percolate the rest of the show. Now here, we're gonna continue to make as many. And Tom, you should have heard him during the break, dropping couples retreat references left and right. Oh, it's, what can I say? It's a movie that not only holds up as a great movie, but has a little fair share of nostalgia for me too. I love it. It certainly does. I love it. And if you know anything, I know Tom does. He knows about this show. He gets it. He knows our tone. All of our listeners do as well too. We love uh, some good pop culture references and things like that. Speaking of which. Uh, shame on me. Hold on. Let me pull this up real quick. Oh, okay. what's this? Let me pull this up real quick. Speaking of pop culture references, I can't believe it's Thursday of Ravens Week, and I haven't played this yet. Where'd you from? Baltimore. What? Baltimore. Baltimore? What's that? <laughs> Look, it doesn't really matter, all right? That's, that's right. Baltimore that's doesn't really matter, all right? Scarface pool. That's tremendous. Okay, so Mozart. Okay, I'm reloaded. Like two years ago, come on, man, talk to me, man. Like two years, <laughs> like two years ago, Moats and I had a discovery that for both of us, Scarface is one of our top five favorite movies of all time. 
Okay, I think it's pretty overrated, but okay. Oh, jeez. You know, just when I'm liking you and all the different things. Oh, jeez, Louise. I thought you were an aristocrat. I mean, come Whoa, on. Whoa, Wes. Just because I said it's overrated doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know what's funny is when I was younger, I used to think it was too long and, and just was just okay. But then you're older and you're like, I need more of the drugs, um, more of um, the violence, <laughs> more of the debauchery. Yes, it's not long enough. It's just, it's fantastic. It's perfect. It's not, it's not too long. It's not too short. It's just perfect. Um, so we have a lot of like, you know, like we we do a lot of different. Come on, man, talk to me, my Scarface things here on the show. Uh, yes, and one of them is from time to time reminding everybody that it, you know Baltimore. It doesn't really matter. Where'd you from? Baltimore. What? Baltimore. Baltimore. Where's that? Look, it doesn't really matter. All right. Baltimore? What's that? I will say this. Scarface does have those moments of just comedic. They're not trying to be comedic, but it is just funny. Like, Well, it's great because Al Pacino, the guy that plays an Italian mobster Baltimore? in every movie, turns into a Cuban mobster. Right, exactly. And a total cartoon of one, too. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Baltimore? What's that? What? It doesn't, doesn't really matter, does it? It's a great. It doesn't great really matter. And, and again, it? shame on me for six weeks for not playing that until Thursday. No, it does not really matter. Because what matters is your Pittsburgh Stillers. Uh, second hour of the show, more of your reaction. We got some tweets here to get to. You know where to get at us on the phone lines as well, too. Uh, we will also, in the second hour, Tom, we're going to do a little Best of the West. How do I play Best of the West? I've never played Best of the West. Real simple. You power rank your top 10 teams in the NFL. Buddy, now, I, didn't I give did you... my Steelers standard power rankings yesterday. I am ready to go I was going to say, it wasn't very nice of me as a co-host when you're filling in oh, to not ready, tell baby. you, but I, I know you always come correct. I know you always come prepared, much like Al Pacino. In the second hour of the show, we will do a little Best of the West. We will uh, get to your reaction. We'll continue to have some fun, fun with our buddy Tom, Brian, back go of the Post-Gazette, coming up in about 25 minutes. It's all happening. Here on the Blitz. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.